0: What's up? It's Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to share this episode because it's been a long time coming, and joining me on the podcast live is my friend, Alan Carter. Alan, super excited to have you on the show.
1: Rob, this is so fun, man. Thanks for having me.
0: So can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. So I've been here in Chicago since 2007, and I've been with my firm UBS for 26 years now. I'm in the private wealth space, so we work with individuals and families and help them increase, save, and expand their wealth.
0: And you and I met two years ago, three years? I don't even remember how many years ago it was, but here's the story. Uh, You're on the train going into the loop, and I see that you're reading Tim Grover's book, Relentless, Relentless which for me is one of my favorite books ever. If you have not read it and you want to be a high achiever Such a great uh, and book, you want to know honestly. about mental toughness, read this book. Ugh. And when I saw you reading it, I was like, I have to talk to this guy. But the thing is, how often do you go up to somebody on a train who's reading a book? And thankfully you were just like standing against one of the doors. So it was a slightly more approachable. And I just went up cause I knew Tim Grover would want me to go up to you because he's all about the the lack of fear and taking action. So I just went up and just started jamming with you about the book and then gave you my card after that, not knowing if I would ever see you again or who you were or anything, just, hey, this guy's reading this book, and if he's reading this book, he's a person that is on my level and I want to get to know him. And little did I know that that action would lead to a multi-year friendship. And here we are now.
1: i tell you right, I was so blessed by that. And, you know, sometimes you feel alone when you're focused on your personal development because the world doesn't work that way. And so on the train, I remember, oh my God, I, I must be the only person in this earth reading this book. Most people listen to music. They're listening to, um, uh, for talking to friends on the, on the telephone, they're reading garbage magazines and there I am reading this awesome book and you come up out of nowhere. It was such a blessing to get to know you that way. And I'm so glad you did.
0: And to your credit, you then took action by responding back to me with your contact information because the number of people I give my card to, uh, I'm very guerrilla marketing esque. I always give people an opportunity. Hey, Hit me up. Here's my card. 98% of people don't take action. I never hear from them again, even if the conversation's fantastic. But you did hit me up, and we decided hey, let's go and, uh, Meet in per i believe we met in person first but i don't even remember to hey let's have another meeting let's just chop it up and just find out about each other and we figured out that you and i both have an insatiable hunger for personal development and we're both on our own unique journeys of high performance and that turned into us creating structure around a once a month 30 minute call and then a once a quarter face-to-face meeting for the last few years
1: And that's been so great because you know the old trite expression what gets measured gets done and so the fact that we have this monthly time together it just keeps me accountable Uh, first of all i really like you and i totally respect their growth mindset and i've got that too because i believe that growth is everything we're never going to get to where we're meant to be unless we're focused on that and so the opportunity that you and I have to work together on a monthly basis has been just fantastic for me. So I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful for you.
0: Yeah, and I'm grateful for you as well. And I think that structure we put in right away because we know time is the most valuable asset for both of us. So we wanted to, all right, we find this valuable. So let's put structure in here in place. Let's get it scheduled on the calendar for the entire year so we both know when this is. And then- we have these calls, and there's really no set agenda. It's, hey, what's going on in your world? But inevitably, they have a similar track every single time, and I take notes during every one of our calls because that way I can recall what you've got going on in your life. But then also, more importantly, on my end, I'm able to, uh, the wisdom that, knowledge and perspective that you share with me I'm able to write that down and then re-go over it for future calls because you and I come from two completely different industries. You being in the financial side of things, uh, me being more on the content creation and marketing and sports side of things. But it's that unique perspective that I enjoy because I'm in this a lap in my head of the same perspective every single time. And then you come in uh, and you've got, uh, you're a little bit older than I am. So you do have a different perspective and you have some wisdom that I don't have. So it's, it's a very good for my mindset to get your thoughts on it. And I very much take it to heart. The things that you say.
1: Oh, thanks Rob. And I don't know. Wisdom is the right word, but we were talking off mic earlier about the benefit of just different perspectives I think that's so helpful from where wherever you are or where you're coming from because invariably you're going to get stuck and just as you say the loop in your mind even in my industry you know how people think or the consensus view the consensus view is never the right one it's uh back to the thought that hey you know similar actions will just get similar results there's no differentiation with that so I think that just the the bouncing back between you and I with our different perspective, our different worlds, we can take great ideas from each other and then apply them into our industry, which is super helpful. One more thing that I think about with our conversations, invariably when we end them, we come up with action steps, right? So we're working towards our next conversation on a specific set of actions. And that's been super helpful for me. And so if I could just share one of the things that I've been working on. And by the way, to your listeners, I've got my journal open in front of me. And uh, I am constantly going in and out of this journal during the course of the day. And so if if you don't keep a journal, that's like a number one takeaway. It's been fantastic. But, you know, I journal our conversations and look back to it. One of the things we talked about a month ago was the power of visualization, you know, none of that's new. A lot of us have vision boards or we're thinking about our goals during the course of the day. But what's really cool, if you tie a specific time of day and almost a meditation to it, man, is that powerful. And it's it, and even the course of the last 30 days, Rob, and this is just for you and I now, man, that's made a huge impact. I've like been drawn closer to these things that I want and that are on my goals just because that intentional Focused
0: meditation at a set time of the day. It's been unbelievable. I I agree. And it's something that I started, I believe I'm on day 59 right now because I'm doing phase one of Andy Frisella's Live Hard program. 75 Hard was the prerequisite. And then there's three more 30-day challenges. And the thing that is being added, was five minutes of cold showers, add three more things to your daily power list, as well as 10 minutes of visualization. And even though I hadn't started it yet, I was like, well, 10 minutes of visualization, I keep hearing it over and over again, the importance of it. So I might as well just start doing it right now. And there's a book by a guy, I believe his name is Weldon Long. Uh, I highly recommend it. And it's, and it talks about what to do to add the consistency to your dreams. And so few people put in the effort to achieve their dreams, but they also don't visualize it. They don't write it down. They don't go every single day. Like I've got a boot sequence that as part of it, I've got a series of affirmations and things that I want to accomplish aligned with my dreams. And it was an action item from the book. Like do this, write it down so that you know where you want to go. And the next level of this is, the daily 10-minute visualization. And this is something that, like meditation, your mind may wander. And it's an imperfect practice, but that's okay because it's still a positive practice that's going to allow you to help manifest things in your life. And the way that I think about visualization is I try and dream as big as I can, but I visualize a lot of different things. I I visualize today. I also visualize 10 years from now. I visualize what my dream home would look like. I visualize a podcast studio, all of these different things. But guess what? That becomes real in your mind. And I believe that is the power of it is you have the intention of this is what I want to accomplish, even though if I don't have it now and your mind starts working on it, whereas a lot of other people, they're not thinking about this and or they're feeding themselves with negative crap all of the stuff from social media and the news and the things that don't serve you. So this is something that has like a multiplier in your life because you're feeding it with the best stuff humanly possible as opposed to the complete polar opposite end, which could be which everybody else is doing.
1: So true. I mean, you mentioned so much. This. I got to tell you, Rob, that what we're talking about is probably the single largest tenant of how we achieve our goals in the universe. So what I'm saying is it's the old adage that what you believe will expand in your life invariably. It's that's a rule of our world. And it's even biblical. If you or if you're a Christian or come from a religious background, I mean Jesus said it. Whatever you ask for when you pray, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It's the same thing said in a different way. The Buddhist tradition is the same. The Hindu tradition is the same. The secular tradition is the same. The Christian, it's all the same tenet. What you believe for will occur, period. The internal turns into the external. It just is. There's one more thing that I want to tie to that back to the visualization thing. What I found is even makes that more powerful is when you tie emotion to it. So, In other words, when you're visualizing something, if you can put yourself in a point where you're already there and be psyched about it, be grateful for it, just like it's already happened and you're enthusiastic and you're loving it and you're living it, that will double the value of the attraction. It will double the timeline to your accomplishment, I promise you.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you always hear how detail oriented can you get? And you hear of people who say, I wanted a Lamborghini, but I used to visualize the stitching of the seats Right, where exactly. you, can, you can make it such a real thing and you can visualize putting your hands over that leather and the You can be underle- grateful
1: for it at the same time, right? 100%. You can feel that. You can love being in that. You can enjoy the feeling of that leather. I mean, that, you you hit it. That's it.
0: Yeah. So I, I think this is a great example of what our conversations are like on a, on a rotating basis, and I think another thing that has been good, and I think you may actually get a little bit more out of this than I do, is the, the different challenges that are created that I oftentimes throw your way because I'm always walking towards elements of discomfort. So me coming from a creative background, you from the financial side of things, I'm very... I don't know if out there is the word, but I'm always like, hey, what can you do to think differently and to put yourself out there and to get comfortable being uncomfortable? And some of those things, I'm like, hey, what if you try doing X, Y and Z? Like, I think a good example of this was uh, my Costanza day for the opposite day. Do the opposite of what you normally do. On a given day, because we're so routine oriented, we do the same thing every single time, like you said, so we're going to have the same perspective every time. But if you want a different result, what do you do? You're like, all right, well, let me change my entire routine for a day, have no expectations. Like George Costanza would say, I'm gonna do the opposite of everything that I do because if previously everything I did was wrong, then the opposite of that is right. So talk to me a little bit about how that worked for you specifically on opposite day because I know it was a challenge for you.
1: Big time, because I'm so routine oriented and that's a trap, right? It's good. Routines are great because they create Efficiencies, and they also allow you to take a break from having to make a decision. So morning routines are fabulous for that because you sort of automate things in your life, and then you can focus on areas that are more important or part of your growth. And worrying about what am I going to eat, what am I going to do, what time am I going to get up—if you can automate those, are good. But to your point, they can be a rut also, and they can dull your creativity. So I love the fact your Costanza day is a perfect example where you're methodically and thoughtfully blowing all that up and starting from scratch. And that's huge. Just for your creative energy and juices, that can just kickstart you into a whole new level. And I, I don't know what the rotation is, whether it's once a week or once a month. But I think it's when you get dull, when your edge gets a little dull that's when you need to do that and it's amazing the results that can come from that it it really is it's crazy
0: yeah and and for me oftentimes the di- I can both plan it and not plan it where if all of a sudden my routine gets out of whack and I'll see it, I'm like, boom, today's going to be a Costanza day where it's a very freeing thing because I remove expectations. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do things differently today and just see how it goes. And inevitably, the shift in energy and expectations And the permission you give yourself to allow things to be different is a very freeing thing. And that's what I enjoy about it, where you take a different way to work and you don't do the things that you normally would. And sometimes you may think, oh, are these are they going to be things that are still contributing and aligned to your goals? Sometimes the answer is yes, but sometimes the answer may be no. Like every day doesn't have to be the most optimized day possible which can be a hard thing for hard for high achievers when you're like everything needs to be turbo and sometimes I'll intentionally be like you know what I'm just not going to do what I normally do today and I think a great example of this is uh there's a book that uh is called The Artist Way by Julia Cameron it's something for creatives and it's where I actually first learned about journaling and what they call that is morning pages where you just get everything that's in your head
1: On a piece of paper. On a piece of paper and it's
0: out of your head. So that's, I've been doing that practice for years. Um, But one thing they have is called artist dates. And so often we don't self love ourselves enough. And certainly as a creative, I create because I love to, but oftentimes I'm not creating like the ultimate of what I would want. So what they say is pick one day a week and go do whatever you want intentionally so what I would do is I would go to the movies on a Tuesday at one o'clock because for me there is something peaceful about seeing a movie with no cell phone, no social media, no internet and movies were the pinnacle of storytelling because when I'm watching a two hour movie and the sound and the sights and and I know that what it takes to put together a podcast or a video, God forbid a movie and it's just enjoyable to Go to a movie at two at one o'clock on a Tuesday when you have so many things to do right. and it's so counter to everything that you would think about. But guess what happens when I leave the movie? I'm ready to go get stuff done.
1: That's right. You got a new creative juice flowing in you. And what you I think this is so a little bit to back up, I think what we're talking about a lot of times now is an American condition, which essentially is you're in the business world then you have to grind in other words success only comes to the grind and there's countless number of guys who are big on social media who prescribe that and would embrace that but i think there's another side to it and we're talking about that now i mean yes you have to work hard yes you have to apply yourself but the grind isn't the answer your vision your belief your methodology your creativity your allowing things to happen, all those things combined, if you just bash your head against the wall and huff and puff and grind away, yes, you'll get a decent result, but you won't scratch the surface of your possibility.
0: Yeah, 100%, and I think you hear grind, you hear hustle, and I think that we're a little bit different because we're so action-oriented, and the grind and the hustle is just gonna be Part of the journey of what we have, but it's really how can we optimize and be better? And I think that's yeah. what our conversations inevitably get to is hey, here's a challenge I have. What can I be doing better? And we already know that we're going to be giving max effort. We already yeah. know that our mindset's going to be there, but you're like, man, what else is there? And it's these different perspectives that all of a sudden can shift you. And you're like, oh my, that opened my eyes to just a whole new world of things. Uh, and I think one thing that you had mentioned for me when, when we were talking about, hey, how do I grow my business and bring in new clients while I'm still creating all the time and I'm trying to manage all my time. And you really talked about, it was like uh, results in advance. Like what can you do to give someone a result before you even work with them. Like for example, could I, in theory, create one podcast episode for a brand and say, Hey, Alan, what's up? Rob Crassy here. Uh, I created this thing for you because I thought there's a huge opportunity. Just wanted to send your way and see what you thought. And what that would do as opposed to a cold email saying, hey, I just want to do business with you in that sort of perspective, all of a sudden it opens your eyes You're like, wow, I never really thought of potentially doing it this way. And then what that could mean for everything I do moving forward. Yeah.
1: And that's awesome. And I think you touched on something along those lines. And, you know, a lot of us in one respect or the other, we're in sales. You know, for you, you need to expand your practice. For me, we're constantly originating new clients for our business. But if you can shift your mindset into giving instead of getting, I think that's massive. Because think about psychologically. You know, you and I have the opportunity to provide huge value for people. We can better their lives. You can change their brand, offer them new opportunities. You know, for us in the wealth management space, we can provide them secure retirements. We can change the outcome for their lives and for their children's lives. What a gift. So being able to think thoughtfully approach people with like, hey, how can I help? You know, how could I offer you something of value and worry about the consequences for us, ourselves, that is, Rob and Alan, down the line? Game changer.
0: But I believe the biggest challenge in that actually may be the f- the first touch point. Because if it's like, hey Alan, Rob Cressy, I would love to help you. Let me know what I can do. And then things just get put back on the person again, Right. whereas you roll in. And I think this is a delicate balance that is something that I'm always dealing with, even though I've adopted the mindset help. I mean, I always think of Jerry Maguire, help me help you, Rod. But the challenge becomes, how do you lead with helping? And for me, it's actually been you start with the relationship first And then you worry about everything else later. So when I do uh, business development or as I call dream gen for dream generation, because business development and lead gen just had a negative connotation to me. I thought grinding, Mm. grinding, grinding, but instead I thought dream generation, my dreams are out there. So now let me connect with people that can help me uh, accomplish what I want and I can be a part of what they want to get done. And uh, I don't know which my train of thought where I was going no, with. No, we're just talking about giving, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean,
1: how to provide that gift up front.
0: Well, yeah. So by leading with the relationship first and having no expectations, that's why I'm always like, listen. The way that I operate is uh my network is so important to me and same with relationship building so let's just have a quick conversation what's going on in your world what's going on in my world can we collaborate or help each other and for me i then use the podcast as the next thing so i'm immediately giving so that the podcast for me is a trojan horse in theory where it's like boom have this conversation hey you want to come on the podcast i had a great conversation with you i would love to and right out of the gate i'm giving first And inevitably, it's a slower drip. It's a different way of doing sales. But it's a way of building a relationship and giving. And then all of a sudden, inevitably, what will happen is, hey, Rob, tell me more about what you've got going on. Or, hey, I listened to this podcast. Or, man, I really enjoyed being on the podcast. And that's sort of how I approach this.
1: Yeah, and that's 100%. It's 100% true, Rob. And that's back to another fundamental rule is we have to be open to receiving too. So I think, you know, when who we're talking to and how we're approaching it, if you're open to receiving those gifts, right, on the other side of it, that's huge. Some people aren't, right? Because back to the routines or the grind, they're so focused on the grind or the routine, they're just not open to the gifts, nor are they open to the creative energies that are looking to flow their way to help them. Man, they're missing out on so much.
0: Yeah, very much so. So another thing that I want to talk about is as we speak right now, we both have a water bottle on the table. (laughs) We're in your office and we are both doing our own. Take a swig now. Hold on. (laughs) We're both doing our own challenges. I saw you post on Instagram where you're going to actually you, you can fill in what is the challenge you're doing for this month.
1: Yeah, so we're doing, there's about a dozen of us who are doing this, and uh, we're doing what's called the 50 Days of Fitness. So back to the water, it's a gallon of water every day. You're familiar with that. Yep. It's uh, workouts every day, it's following a diet plan. It's um, what's the, what's another couple of things? It's um, working out. I said that, diet, water. And then um, we're also doing reading a 10 pages of a really good, personal development book. That's another tenant. And um, it's been awesome. I'm only five days in, so I'm just getting started. But as I told you off uh, mic, the water thing has been a real challenge so far. That's a, that's a ton of water for me.
0: It's a ton of water for everyone. And that's why we have water bottles with us. And it's something that we're drinking water. I'm not going to say nonstop, but you're conscious of it. And actually one tip I learned, well I've known, but yesterday I put ice in my water, I was at a WeWork. And I just filled up and put ice in there, but I drank slower because cold water is harder to drink. So for me, room temperature water, or really you make it cold and then over the course of the next 30 minutes while I'm drinking the water, all of a sudden it warms up and it becomes easier and that sort of is how the flow goes. Um, And as I recommended to you, you just got to start stacking water right out of the gate that I read a book by Aubrey Marcus, which really changed my life in terms of how I wake up. I used to wake up in the morning and drink coffee at five in the morning because that was my way of waking up. But the problem is coffee is a diuretic. Instead, he said, listen, your body's dehydrated after sleeping for six or seven or eight hours. If you replenish it with water right away, it's going to give you more energy. You're going to be more vibrant.
1: 100% true.
0: And oftentimes in life... You hear something you're like, oh, that makes complete sense. I'm going to do that forever. And that's become part of it. So then, boom, water in the morning and then water with my workouts and then water before I'm eating breakfast with my protein and stuff. And you just start finding opportunities to fit the water in. And all you're doing is replacing water instead of drinking pop or LaCroix or it actually makes LaCroix taste like champagne because when you drink a gallon of water a day for a large period of time and then all of a sudden you taste coconut or something, you're like, holy (laughs) crap, this is incredible.
1: You know what? The bigger issue around what you and I are doing is just, um, an opportunity to grow more than anything. And, um, you know, as I saw you when I picked you up down in the lobby coming up here, you look awesome. I mean, from a physical and energy perspective, you just like radiate energy. And I think all of us have that in us to do it, but most humans don't bother because they're just, they're living their life. They're eating junk food, they're watching four hours of TV, they're focused on the news, which is so negative, they're not working out because they're too busy, air quotes around that, whatever it is. Man, if you can do a program like we're talking about now it is a complete game-changer. You just radiate energy. You radiate creativity and health. And people, frankly, want to be around you. I don't know what it is. It's like a magnet.
0: Yeah, and thank you for that. And it's, it's hard to explain because when I wake up in the morning, I'm not like I'm radiating energy and I'm glowing. But I've heard that multiple times over the course of my 75 hard journey. They're like, there's something different about you. And that's, I believe that goes down to our mindset of the constant performance. And for me, it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable and doing the things that are going to allow me to build grit and discipline and mental toughness. And then when you look good, because you're working out, you're going to feel better. You're going to be more confident. Your energy is going to be higher. And really, your mindset is on such a different plane. And that's what I enjoyed so much about 75 hard when this was the first time ever in my life that I'd not drank alcohol for 75 days, nonetheless, like a week or two. And I'm not this gigantic drinker, but it's just from the course of being 16 years old to 39, it's like 20 20 some plus years of drinking on a consistent basis. And then you remove that and then you remove bad food. And then all of a sudden you're more focused because for me, the second I get up every single day, when I'm on this challenge immediately, I'm intentional that water's coming. I'm reading like for the first three hours of my morning, it is as routine oriented and structured as humanly possible. And it really helped me adopt a term of start hard where the hardest part of my day is the first three hours of my day, unquestionably. But guess what? Once 7.30 in the morning gets there and I get to drink that protein powder with the water, which tastes like heaven because everything else I'm yeah. eating doesn't exactly taste like <laughs> chocolate protein power. It's just like a whole other world. And I'll actually take this a step further. So as part of my current uh live hard I've gotta take a five minute cold shower.
1: Ooh, that hurts, man. Right. So <laughs> so it's like
0: what's my mindset yeah. for this? And uh one of my big influences has been Jocko Wilnick, who wrote Extreme Ownership. He's also got the Jocko podcast. He's the most badass Navy SEAL ever, runs a company called That's Echelon awesome. Front. Yep. If you're not following him, Do check so. out yep. check out everything that he does, his books, And I thought to myself, I'm like, listen, I'm doing all of these things. I'm not going to go in here and be a bitch about the water. As difficult as this is going to be, because guess what? Cold water is cold water, no matter how you do it. Waking up at 4.58 in the morning sucks every single time. Same mindset. So instead, I'm like, all right, I'm going to channel my inner Jocko. Because what would he do if he was standing right there And he had to sit in five minutes of cold water. Is he going to sit there and complain about it? No, he's going to, he's going to take it like a man and he's going to do it and he's going to move on. So I've really worked on cultivating my mindset around this. Yeah. So I play music like this morning I was playing Bob Marley and I've really, it's almost become, I'm not going to say sadistic, but it's close to it. Where I'm laughing in the shower because I realize how cold the thing is. And how much it sucks. And how much it sucks. But I'm <laughs> dancing. Like I'm I'm dancing to everything's gonna be alright. And I envision myself in Jamaica at like a Sandals resort <laughs> and an all-inclusive with Jerk being grilled over here and there's margaritas and it's freezing cold. And I'm just dancing, and I've got Jocko in one hand, in one part of my head, and Bob Marley in the other part, and I'm dancing and And I'm purposely staying in the water because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I don't want to make it less. And the beautiful thing is, and I set a timer right next to the shower. So when it goes off, boom, I turn that cold water back to warm it is you appreciate warm water immediately you're like holy smokes batman this is the greatest thing i've ever felt in my life but then boom all of a sudden i'm on a different level and i and i i'm learning why this is a thing because if you can put yourself through five minutes of discomfort the benefits of doing that for 30 straight days so that would be 150 minutes of cold water therapy and I'd already done cold water every single huge. day to work on my courage. But I think it's another great example of what you're willing to do to succeed, to build the muscles yep. of grit in discomfort so that when something doesn't work in your life, you say, I remember when I took 30 days worth of cold showers and the benefits I got from it.
1: That's oh, huge, man. Look, you and I know that growth and achievement and development that only comes through challenge and pain and some suffering that's it i mean that's the only way you get to the next level in your life is through that period and i i think i mentioned you too that i i I view it even more deeply in your life if you look at almost every decision that you make during the course of even a day almost invariably the harder choice is the right one what you're going to eat at a meal whether a workout or not, whether to keep the TV on or turn it off, the one that's less desirable is almost invariably the right one. And that sucks sometimes, right? Am I going to have another dozen beers with my friends or am I going to go work out? Whatever it is, every single choice. But man, if you consistently make those hard choices, your life will never be the same.
0: One hundred percent. And I think one thing that has helped us make better choices is Jesse Itzler. It's something that you and I have both gone through the build your life resume program. And I saw Jesse speak at Grant Cardone's 10x growth conference this year, and i had never heard of him in my life. I had no idea who this guy who was wearing sweatpants in a T-shirt and a headband was. And literally within five minutes, I was like, this guy is my new spirit angel. Like the way that I relate to him is almost unlike anyone else, so it's like i I get down with Jocko and Grant Cardone and David Goggins, these like very extreme Andy Forcell and then my these extreme people, but then I get Jesse and he's the most relatable guy, but his mindset is bulletproof and it's so growth oriented and he's pushing himself to new levels. And it inspires me so much. And he recently did this last man standing race where it was a four and a half mile loop or lap that had to be completed over the course of an hour. And it keeps going until there's only one man standing. And they got to like 75 miles and it inspired me so much to see someone dealing with suffering and pain and he continued to push and then the light bulb went off in his head and all of a sudden he hit like three more gears after that. And talk about how Jesse has had an impact on you from the Kevin's rule to the Masogi to just like I could not recommend his build your life resume course enough because it has it's changed my life and perspective.
1: Oh, absolutely! I love that guy. And just for those of you who are listening, so Jesse has done so much in his life. He found it Zico Coconut Water and sold it for a whole lot of money. He found it Marquee Jets, sold it for a whole lot of money. He was a rap star. He's written the New York Knicks theme song. I mean, he's just an amazing resume that he's built. I love his expression too. He's got one thing he says, which totally resonates with you, is it's this, because I didn't come this far just to come this far. And I think about that every day because at the end of it, I want to live to my fullest potential. I do. And I don't know what that is yet. None of us do. But I want it to be end of my life looking back and said, i maxed out. And now, now I'm borrowing something from another social media icon, Ed Milet. Right. I mean, I love that. And Jesse embodies that. He's constantly pushing himself, challenging himself, trying to get himself to the next level. And I love that. I mean, I think don't all of us want to maximize the gifts God's given us? Why do we want to squander that? And the opportunity is I look outside and this world is just there for us to take. It's created for everything we want and it will give it to us. Why would we want to pass that by? And back to Jesse, he embodies that.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I write down on my daily planner every day is remember tomorrow And they were saying that to him when he was going through the race and he's got only four minutes before he's got to restart to do another lap. And they're like, remember tomorrow, Jesse, remember tomorrow. And it's something that the decisions you make today, you have to be willing to live with the consequences tomorrow. And for me, it's so important because so often fear and quitting and inactivity is something that's on a lot of people's minds. And if you remember tomorrow how you would feel if you didn't do something. It's, it's a constant reminder for me because I always want to have a due north and then every day I reset and it's like, boom, remember tomorrow again. And it's these mantras that just stick with me. And that's one that Jesse taught that I've just really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, no, um, I'll just share with you something personal. So when I was uh, a young high school kid, um, I went hiking in the Finger Lake region of Northern New York. And I was with some friends, and uh, you know, I was a typical high school kid, way out of shape at that point. And we were hiking up this one mountain, and I just gave up, man. I couldn't do it. The pace was hard. I just said, man, I'm, I sat down, and the group went on without me. And they came back down, and I joined them on the way down. So I've lived with that. And it's changed the game for me. I would say that not a week or a few days goes by where I don't think about the regret I carry with me for giving up on something that simple. And I'll tell you right now, I will never, ever give up again on anything because the pain of regret is so much heavier to carry than the pain of discipline and some minor suffering. It's totally different.
0: Yeah. And what you don't what I don't want is to get to the end of your life and being like, I didn't live my dreams or give it a shot at making them happen. And so often people don't think about the long term side of things where I'm willing to go through the short term pain to learn the skills that'll help me become better to get to the next level. And that mountain is going to continually grow and grow. And as we reach one mountain, there's going to be a larger one behind it. And yes. yep. and, and I'm with you regret is something that I want no part of it's not part of my life failure is not part of my life it's being the best version of myself that's why I do these things and that's why I have conversations with people like you because I want to be better but I also want to be around other like-minded people and for those people I want to support them
1: and that's such a good point man you have to surround yourself with like-minded people if you want to grow and look, it's hard, man. We, we have family members and friends who think totally different. They pour negativity out there into the world. And even though we love them, it's damaging, man, because the old adage is true. You're going to become the average of the people you hang around with. So the challenge is, is to constantly make sure that in your universe are people who believe and strive and want to become the best they can be.
0: That will only lift you all up. So one thing as we wrap this up that has come from our conversations is mentorship and coaching and self-improvement. So I have another podcast with a guy named Mike Raziel, who was a, at the time, let's call it a young 20s kid, hated his job. And he reached out to me saying, Rob, can I just have a 15 minute conversation with you? And that led into a multiple year relationship where he became part of Team Bacon Sports. And essentially, I mentored him 15 minutes at a time for three straight years every Tuesday at five o'clock. And I really helped with his personal development and he had to be the one to take the action, but I was able to help impart a lot of this wisdom that you and I have to help him on his journey. And then I think about what you and I are doing with our conversation. And it's, and it's crazy to me that even though we had no, uh, prior knowledge of each other. We do two completely different things. Here's two people on a similar high achieving trajectory and our ability to connect and make ourselves better. So what would you say to other people if hypothetically speaking, what if all of a sudden I said, I'm now going to open it up to where I can help other people with self-improvement because I've seen it with you. I've seen it with Mike and I love the gift of teaching. I love the gift of helping other people. So I would just ask you, what are your thoughts on my ability to help other people, even on the highest level? Because you, Alan, you're a high achiever. You're doing, you're dealing huge deals, millions upon millions of dollars a deal. So if I can relate to someone like you as well as someone who's entry level, what are your thoughts? Oh
1: man, this is, I don't know that there's much more anything more valuable than we could talk about than this. And here's why. You know, if you think about sports teams, right, they all have coaches, they all have physio people, and they all have strength and conditioning people around them. So high-performing athletes get to that level because of the people they surround themselves with, the mentors they rely on, the coaches they they engage with. Well, the same is true for us. We will never be able to reach our maximum potential Unless we have mentors and coaches in our lives, period. Look, the human condition can be a lazy one. We tend to revert to bad habits. We tend to revert to back to the average of the people we hang around with. What if you had a coach or a mentor who you could rely on on a monthly basis or even a weekly basis to be with you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to give you tips and hacks to help you get to the next level? That is huge and I can't tell you the amount that you should invest in that but a rule of thumb for a guy I I listen to a lot his name is Darren Hardy he suggests that look you know you should probably if you get a dollar's worth of income you should probably tithe 10% right give back 10% you should probably save 10% and you should probably invest 10% of that in your own development and that includes coaches Now, people listening can say, holy smokes, so if I make a 100 grand a year, I'm supposed to spend 10 grand a year on myself? At least is my answer to that. The returns on that investment will far outpace any other investment you could ever make, period.
0: I agree, it's something that was difficult early on for me to invest in my own personal development regarding coaching. Because you you have to do it once, and then I hired a branding coach to help me clarify the vision and messaging of Bacon Sports, and then all of a sudden there's a new opportunity for me to be a part of a group with Andy Frisell and Ed Mylett and Arte Accelerator, and then uh, I have the opportunity to join the Bold Accelerator led by Brian Cristiano, my co-host and friend, and all of a sudden I'm now surrounded by the best of the best people. And now all of a sudden I'm on a completely different trajectory and mindset because these people are making me raise my game. Because when you see somebody else doing something that inspires you Mm -hmm. and they're working on their journeys, you're like, man, thank you very much. I love it. So I agree 100% with you. And do you think I have the ability to help other people? Oh, heck
1: yeah. I mean, I I would be honored. I mean, I'm honored every time we talk because I love our time together. and It's so helpful for me. But I think the offering you have for people would change the outcome for them. I mean, and honestly would and I'm not just blowing smoke at you, Rob. I mean, I've worked with you and known you now for years. And I'm a different person because of our conversations. And the fact that you're now thinking about offering this to others is huge.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I I very much Uh, enjoy our conversations. I look forward to them because they're so intentional. They're so growth oriented and you make me be better because I know the level that you're at and I need to be bringing my game every time and being prepared. So I want to thank you for that. Alan, where can everybody connect with you?
1: Uh, Thank you. Well, I'm I'm new to social media. You mentioned I'm a little older. I'm not ancient, but that's a newer game for my generation. So uh, you can get me on Instagram at at Alan, it's Allen, it's A L L E N in Chicago, so it's at Allen in Chicago. If you want to source uh, and search my content at UBS, I'm on LinkedIn under Allen Carter, or you can just Google search UBS Allen Carter, and I'll come up with my team webpage. So thanks.
0: And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Did it cause you to think or take action? Are you investing in your own personal development? And Is this something that you might be interested in? If so, I would love to hear from you. You can hit me up, rob at baconsports.com or drop me a line. You can just search Rob Cressy on any social media platform. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth. And if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.